what is going on welcome you are listening to roxy d of roxy d's ramblings this is my podcast number two as promised today is going to be a a great show Um, we're going to be discussing chiropractics good for your back and good for your sex life i have one of my partners in dancing crime Um, she's one of my favorite chiropractors as well and she goes by the name of Dr. Carol Rago. So Dr. Rago studied at the renowned Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College, uh, which is one of the top chiropractic schools in Canada. She's been practicing for a couple of years, and uh, that was after completing her studies in kinesiology from McMaster University, and uh, she did a little bit of work in that as well. So um, for myself, I, I'm a natural-born hypochondriac, if you don't know, now you know. Um, but that said, I mean, overall, I'm, I'm a health and, and wellness junkie. I always like to know everything. And I don't just rely on Dr. Google, contrary to what some people may think. <clears throat> anyway, um, that said, I've always been a fan of uh, getting my back cracked. And thankfully, through Dr. Rago, I came to understand that chiropractic, there's a, there's a lot more that's involved in um, chiropractic. It's not just about that back cracking and neck cracking aspect. Um, but I thought that she would be a really good first guest to have, um, simply because uh, chiropractics and especially her approach to it, it's all about that preventative uh, maintenance as well as the holistic aspects. So um, I'd like to welcome Dr. Rago to the show today. Hello, hello, and thank you for that very uh, generous introduction. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, no, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. And yes, you are right. Chiropractic is more than just getting your back cracked. So let's get into it. Okay. So um, basically, again, so one of the nice things about Dr. Rago is that um, her approach is a bit different. I mean, I've been to a number of different chiropractors and I found that, um, a lot of people didn't really explain things in, in detail. Um, so that said, um, I, I find with Dr. Rigo, she kind of, she breaks it down for you. Um, and Dr. Rigo, correct me if you want to be called Dr. Carol, Dr. Rigo, or however you want to be addressed so that all of our listeners know. Oh, no, Dr. Carol's fine. Dr. Dr. Carol. Dr. Rigo's far too formal and probably would be when I'm, you know, misses something, something. So let's not. Okay. <laughs> so good. Um, but anyways, yeah, she, has a, she does a good job at really explaining um, what she's doing and why she's doing it. Um, and I know that in the past, whenever I've been treated by her, generally it, it ended up with me falling asleep. So that's a good thing, people. <laughs> that's a good thing. Let's please reiterate that. <laughs> um, but anyways, okay, so Dr. Rigo, explain to me, or Dr. Carol rather, explain to me a little bit about your approach. I know you always talk about uh, preventative maintenance. Um, and your holistic approach as it relates to chiropractics on a whole. So break it down for us. So, uh, you know, to answer your question, and actually let's go back to what the whole point of chiropractic is, which is to help restore the functioning of your nervous system, which pretty much means the big powerhouse programming that makes you you. So in order to do that, That's where this whole holistic approach comes into place because you can't just approach it from one means. You have to approach it with mind, body, spirit, that whole shebang, right? Uh, As such, when I 
interact with my clients, patients, you know. Um, I try to make sure that I keep in mind that to begin with, you have to get everybody to just learn to breathe, relax, and calm down because we are so wound up in our first world problems, so to speak, that we just assume a level of functioning that makes us more stressed out. So before I can even make an effect or have an effect on you, I need to have an effect on making you calm. So that's where I start. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how is it that, so everybody generally comes into, or goes into a chiropractor rather with all of these um, notions and and stuff Uh about what you do. So how do you differentiate yourself? I understand that you tell them to breathe, but what else is it that you do? Um, so they're understanding the, the process and they can get the difference. Like, why would they go back to Dr. Rago as opposed to going elsewhere that, you know, will just kind of work with their benefits, so to speak? Right. Okay. Good, good question. Um, so when people usually come in to see a chiropractor, specifically myself, they come in first with the knowledge of, okay, something hurts, fix it, make it better. Yeah. <laughs> as I've so often heard from my lovely friend Roxy D. (laughs) (laughs) Fix me. So uh, to answer that, so when people come in, like you said, the beginning part is education, trying to understand and explain to them what's going on with them. Then, you know, trying to explain to them as well is it's a process to get you better, take you out of pain. So what I would do is once I do a thorough history exam with you, then we go into an even more in-depth physical examination where I move your body around to figure out what is doing well, what is not doing well, and help you understand why it's not doing well uh, with the use of what is called orthopedic testing. And then from there, I would explain to you the whole shebang about why you do need to get this addressed sooner rather than later. And my approach is with a combination of viewing Sorry, using uh, a hands-on technique which is called spinal manipulation or adjustments, aka what people call is cracking, which is <laughs> a sound that you hear. Which I enjoy. enjoy. I enjoy. Yes, I know mm-hmm. you do. You yeah. do. In fact, with you, the louder the better. But uh, yeah. Uh, adjustments, which is where you hear the sound, also using some soft tissue, muscle techniques, trigger point therapy, uh, using uh, also taping methods. I'm sure you've seen, you know, Harden, all of these athletes, Steph Curry with those tape things on them, Mm -hmm. those sort of things, and teaching you rehabilitative sort of correctional exercises that allows you to stay in a healthier place and not fall back into the pattern that got you hurt in the first place. Okay. So um, one of the things, and is that the technique that you used on me that made me fall asleep? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But the important part of that falling asleep, which you actually are describing, is that you got to finally relax. Once I got you to be out of your head and thinking about all the 50 million things that we, you know, the list that we go through daily. I have to do this. I have to go grocery shopping. I have to get ready for my podcast. I have to blah, 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 blah. You know, it's learning how to let go. And then that's when the healing starts. So I, once I got you to relax, then I was able to move your body around with more ease, which allowed me to then adjust you. Because then you weren't fighting me. Your body just allowed me to. So that's how we got there. 
Okay. So from a, like from so from your perspective, anyways, as a chiropractor, is this well, something well, that um, like how often would you say that one would need to go and see a chiropractor? So that's a very interesting question because everybody wants to know that one. Yeah. Um, I like to use this analogy, and I know you know, you know I like to tell stories. So yeah. My analogy for that is very simplistically uh, is you know your body is we'll call it like a, a fine-tuned high-performance vehicle. Call it a Ferrari. And whether you drive it every single day or just take it out for 20 minutes at a time or rev the engines, all of it needs to be taken in for some maintenance because you're using up the materials, you're using the engine. Right. And unfortunately, the Ferrari is not as complex as you, the human being. So, yeah, you need a lot more maintenance against everyday stressors, gravity, postural imbalances, which, by the way, don't end when you go to sleep. In fact, when we're sleeping is when we're also doing a lot of fun things to our body that you don't realize. Like what? Like what? Okay. For example, when you are sleeping, it matters how you sleep. There's no such thing as perfect posture when you sleep, but it's also what type of thing you're using to sleep. Are you using a proper pillow? Are you, do you have a mattress that is too squishy? I'm sure we all like the softness, but then it's not great for your actual back. <laughs> so, so if we can stop there just for one minute as you're talking about that, because sleep is very important. Um, yeah. So is there a certain type of pillow specifically that you recommend? Like if we get a memory foam, so what I've heard, and this is where I'm coming from with this, um, yeah. I have a, a memory foam pillow that I got from Costco and I, I love it. And I have like the memory foam uh, mattress thing, mattress pad cover, I guess, that I put on top of my mattress, which is already firm. So I feel that I have a good um, thing going there. However, um, I guess in reading the, the, the concept is such that you're supposed to change your pillow um, frequently. I don't know if it's only good for almost a year or six months or that kind of stuff. And do you agree with that? And as, in addition to that, just as a follow-up, um, do you recommend from your perspective, is it bad for us to sleep on our backs? Should we sleep on our side? Should we sleep on our stomach? Like how is that impacting our, our bodies? Uh-huh. Okay. Loaded question. Yeah. Um, I will do my best to answer this. I came with so- guns a blazing. Apparently, <laughs> I wear my bulletproof vest. Okay, so in terms of how often you should change a pillow, it honestly depends on the make and at the end of the day, the integrity of if the pillow is still keeping its structure. Okay. So there's no, I wouldn't say you have to change it after X amount of time. You know what I mean? Like it's like with runners, you can. Uh, buy a really good quality pair of runners which will last you a long time versus something that is well I'm not going to name any name brands and put anybody down but you understand what I mean yes. right yeah. so same way with posture related devices so there are a lot of different companies that will sell what are called um, like almost like a posturepedic pillow that are designed with specific type of materials there's different ones on the market and as long as the the pillow is maintaining the natural curvature of your neck um, 
and I'm not going to get into the math of it, but it has to be able to maintain a certain distance between the base of your skull to your neck and have the right curvature so that it's not too high or too low. It, depending in whatever position you want to sleep in, your neck cannot be too forward flexed or too far back down because then you'll wake up with pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So, and now, uh, I did it. Did that answer the first part? Yes, it did. Okay, good. Uh, in terms of the best position to sleep, actually, you know what? You can sleep in whatever position you want. As long as you are moving around, because human bodies are designed to be mobile, move around. We don't do well when we're stuck in any sort of repetitive position, because at the end of the day, every muscle and joint in the body likes to be fluid. That's how you get nutrients into your spine and joints, etc. So if you're sleeping on your back... I often tell my clients, like, if you are experiencing any sort of back pain, you know, to put a pillow underneath your knees so that your knees are and legs are a little bit propped up. It takes off the pressure from your back. And also assuming you have a nice uh, posturally su- uh, supporting pillow behind mm-hmm. your neck. If you then choose to sleep on your side, which I often do, mm-hmm. because... I can't sleep on my back. <laughs> uh, if you sleep on your side, the same thing. The pillow has to support your neck from the side, but also have a pillow in between your legs. You know how they say, oh, only pregnant women do that? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So it's actually, yes, pregnant women do that, but everybody should do that because if you put a pillow between your legs, you are actually maintaining the space between your hips and aligning it with your knees. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Um, because if you don't, mm-hmm. your knees come together and your back kind of rolls over. So you actually end up twisting your back throughout the night and it actually causes discomfort. Most of my clients that come in with back pain, that's the first thing I actually recommend for them to do, even before I do any sort of exercises, adjust okay. them and then I tell them to go buy a pillow that's a body pillow. Mm-hmm. And then you come back the next visit and they're amazed at how much they, you know, of a change it happened i'm just about to ask so the body pillow you're talking about the long pillow um that would extend almost like to the width of the bed right yes and that's what should go between your legs Uh, your knees your knees (laughs) your knees (laughs) well it technically yes it's between the legs but Uh i i recommend the body pillow because then you also have something that you can put next to your arm and kind of hug okay (laughs) Because it feels good, but you can just use a regular size pillow as well. And if you're sleeping beside someone, uh-huh. right, is that, because then you couldn't, and again, I'm not trying to make this sexual, I'm just saying, so then you couldn't spoon because if both of you guys are sleeping with these things between your legs. So I have a solution to that. And this is something I did, discovered with my partner. Okay. <laughs> Uh, because he was feeling the same weird, awkward back stuff. So, mm-hmm. I took the body pillow, and when he was sleeping on his side, we literally just both put it between us, like we're sitting on a log. <laughs> but on that is side, so weird. I know, but so it weird. works. I'm, I know it sounds funny, but he looked at me the same way as your your face is probably doing right now, and nobody can see it. Right. Um, My nostrils but, are flaring. They're flaring. <laughs> yeah. But... 
when we both did it, we both realized, oh my God, this works. Now, if you decide, no, I like to sleep the opposite way and I like to sleep the other way, then we both just use the, the regular size pillows between our legs because it's not that uncomfortable. You can still swoop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who doesn't like spooning? Well, Okay, that, that's that's another topic. That's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that one. <laughs> so yes, it's important for actually it helps improve the quality of your sleep. You wake up feeling better rested and less aches and pains throughout the night. It's not going to take away everything, but it's a start. Okay, so sorry, I had cut. I had interrupted when you were talking about the movement throughout the night. So. Um, you can add back on to that. I just thought that I would ask that quickly because it was top of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, it's fine. It, pretty much, yes. Long story short, move around. It's okay. The only thing that becomes problematic is when people sleep on their stomach for far too long because what you're doing is you twist your neck either to the left or the right. Yeah. Right? And think about what you're doing to your neck. You're literally just twisting it 90 degrees and jamming it for the whole night. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's why when you wake up and your neck's feeling stiff, well, think about what you did mm-hmm. while you were drooling. Right. On your pillow. Yes. Gotcha. So okay. That's the only one where, you know, we try and encourage our patients to move around. You can't stop someone from doing a pattern that they really, really like, but you can get them to modify it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But then some people sleep dead, so they wouldn't even, like, for the person that's a dead sleeper, how, how do they, like, how can they make themselves aware of the fact that they should be moving around? I'm sorry, could you repeat that? So you're saying that basically at night we should be moving around, and you encourage your patients to do so, right? There are some people that once they hit the bed, that's it. Uh-huh. They're out for the count, they're not moving, like, however they ended up, that that's how it's going to be. So... In that case, I mean, you're not supposed to get up and try and intentionally move around like you're sitting at a chair at work. Of course, yeah. But the idea is the position that you're choosing to be in, if you hold the same position for far too long, your body starts to go through, it starts to stiffen up. It's pretty much what happens. Uh, It's called stasis, actually. That's a scientific term for when things start just not flow fluidly. Anyway, let's not get into that. Anyway, so for someone that is uh, a non-moving sleeper, then they just have to be more aware, okay, this is how I am, so let me pick a position that I can start in that puts me in a better posture. Try not to start sleeping on your stomach. You probably end up there because that's your default, but start in a non uncomfortable position, I guess we'll call it that. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry. I'll allow you to continue. No, to that's pretty much the feel on that. Yeah. Okay, so since we already somehow got into the mattress and pillow talk, um, <laughs> let's talk about sex. Okay. Okay. So, Why not? anyway, so in looking at... Um, I did a little bit of research on chiropractics and, you know, stress and and sex and everything else. So um, I know that it helps you to manage your stress. And I know that um, generally, again, depending on the chiropractor that you go to, um, you know, again, you end up feeling, you walk away feeling good. Um, So according to my little research that I did, um, I understand that 
somehow after you get an adjustment or whatever treatment that you get, that it improves the nerve flow to your sexual organs. So it, it'll increase things like blood flow to your clit. And pardon my French, everybody. I'm not saying clitoris or whatever. Just clit. Let's just keep it simple. Clit. Or for your husband, um, it'll uh, or, or man, sorry, rather, um, it'll increase blood flow to your penis. Um, and therefore, so eventually, so I guess because of the, the whole nerve endings and the signals and whatnot, um, that it allows your, your um, organs to send messages to your brain easily, which then means that, and I'm going to quote this from what I read, um, not only do you become physically aroused faster, but your brain also registers that ready for action heightened sense of pleasure more quickly. So you move past the mental obstacles that may, keep you, may be keeping you from orgasming and you'll get there. So um, for people that can't orgasm, more so, I guess, men generally don't have this problem. It's more so women. Not all women, but some. Anyway, um, so this is something that would possibly aid in that. So can you kind of speak to that? Uh, you, you know what? It's actually interesting because at the end of the day, chiropractic uh, is meant to, again, reset that nervous system and that massive powerhouse that we use to navigate through the world of surroundings. So an adjustment and chiropractic treatment is used for that. So when you say it relieves stress, yes, because it affects your parasympathetic system. So it allows you to go away. Actually, I correct myself. When you get an adjustment, what it does is it helps to calm down your sympathetic fight or flight response, which is this, that, run, jump, oh my god, this, oh my god, that, to ah, the relaxed moment. So when you do that, it takes away all the, the, the signals that would interrupt your, your calm. So that's why when you talk about getting adjusted, it, it sends, you know, a relaxing tone signal to the brain, and then in response, the brain sends that calming message back down to, for example, if you're saying you're, you're you know, sexual organs, yes, it actually works the same way on all the organs it affects because your nerves control that. Mm-hmm. And then you can, yes, free up, as you say, you know, the interrupting signals that would prevent you from otherwise relaxing or, or reaching your calm or orgasm state, whatever you want to call that. Okay, because so like from, um, not to cut you, sorry, but from what I read, so apparently there was um, like a wife and husband that they were going to a chiropractor, um, oh, and oh. apparently, I believe it was the wife that, um, you know, after her treatment went to the chiropractor and said, look, I don't know whatever you did to my husband, but whatever you did, it's working, so keep it, you know, keep it coming type of thing, so uh-huh. um, I guess that's supporting what it is that you're, you're saying? Yes, and but I will say this. Through a lot of research that is out there about this, you know, the more put it this way, more research is needed because we live in a world of science and facts. And unfortunately, uh, you know, with science experiments, nothing can be proven one hundred percent. There's no such thing. But what research has been showing is more of an indication that yes, you make an effect on the nervous system. Anything that it is providing information to, you are freeing it up. So the information, the signals get sent better and better and better. And I like to sometimes use this analogy of the 401. So, for example, if you're driving down the 401 and you have an exit that is blocked, 
Mm-hmm. What is it going to do to the subsequent exits before and after it? You're going to see this backup of traffic, which if anyone lives in Toronto, you know what that feels like. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so if you open up the blockade, more traffic starts to flow, and then eventually the traffic jam clears and things move seamlessly. So that's, again, what they're talking about that. And uh, there are many cases where even people that are having you know, either sexual dysfunction or, you know, having difficulty conceiving all of those things, they end up going to see a chiropractor and getting adjusted, clearing the nervous system, and now they are better able to, you know, uh, interact. And some people have gotten pregnant. We're not saying, I'm not saying chiropractic is going to make you pregnant, to correct myself, but it's more about cleaning out freeing up your nervous system so you can actually function more optimally and then the things you want to do so okay so let's go back to just for one second so erectile dysfunction if i'm a man and i have erectile dysfunction i go to see my family doctor and family doctor's like look you need to go to a chiropractor is that what you're saying that's what would happen or that's what you recommend that that mds actually do what i would suggest i mean Every, look, every healthcare professional is different, right. okay, depending on their understanding of what other healthcare professionals do. And I've noticed that in uh, our society, not everybody knows what the other one does. It's actually uh, professional, um, what's the word? We'll say lack of knowledge, okay? Mm-hmm. So MDs that are more holistic practitioners, mm-hmm. there are some that do that. They function from the biopsychosocial model instead of just biomedical model. They will most likely recommend a, a, a group approach, which is, you know, see your chiropractor, see your naturopath, go and see a fitness instructor, all of those things that help your body reach back to equilibrium mm-hmm. in order for you to be more open and free to relaxing, getting, you know, feeling orgasm or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. those that's it's a well-rounded quote-unquote holistic approach mind body soul approach because if you just go and start taking medications which now have other side effects you are still creating more blockage and interference so your body doesn't quite know what to do right. and you end up getting more stressed out more frustrated and repeat the super cycle okay mm-hmm. And I guess much the same would be said about women that are having challenges with orgasming. Uh, you know what? And where exactly is it that you're working on? So if I turn around and I say, okay, I'm not able to achieve orgasm, I'm a woman, whatever. And let's say I just end up in your clinic for whatever reason, for something else. Um, and I end up saying to, you know, like, I, I'm also not able to orgasm. I don't know how that would come out because if I'm there for my back, I'm there for my back. But just saying, um, but like, what? Where are you touching? Where are you like? What are you doing? Mm. So, as a chiropractor, you're treating the whole person. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. As a patient, you're coming in. You're saying, "No, this is what's problematic. This is where you would think you need to be adjusted." So, in your case, my back. Okay, Doctor Carroll's only going to touch my back. Right. Very. That's not actually true. So, as a chiropractor, you recognize, okay, this person's coming in for this thing that they have diagnosed that's <laughs> right thanks to dr google right. dr google um, has saved my life people so that's okay it has saved dr. my life dr google is 
a good thing, but also something that you need to be very careful about. Because, as they say, knowledge is power, but it can also be used against you in detriment in a way, if not construed properly. Anyway, so uh, if you are coming in and, you know, sometimes as people, you don't find out whether or not someone has sexual dysfunction right away. It takes them a couple of visits and then they open up because you develop a relationship with your patients. And I have actually heard that from some of my patients. And, you know, you don't have to directly, it's not that just because you're, the nerves that affect your, your uh, sexual organs are, you know, below the waist. That's the only area you affect. Right. That is the area that's showing up because along the chain of your spine, which goes from the base of your skull all the way down to your tailbone, Mm-hmm. Right, uh, there are multiple little blockages. So what we do is use the whole nervous system, try and clear it from the neck all the way down because a lot of times, if you think about it, your massive powerhouse is your brain, yeah. as we all know. Yeah. And it sends all of the signals that control all of the parts of your body from this massive powerhouse. The signaling comes through the spinal cord. So to just say that I'm gonna treat your back and that's what created a change in your you know, sexual organs, no. It's actually coming from your brain, which is controlling everything. So you gotta clear the whole path. And along the way, that clears it, itself as well. Okay. So your body is cleared of interference. It's, it's hard for people to understand until they start to get treatment mm-hmm. or, or we call therapy. Right. Because to say treatment means you there's something physically wrong with you, whereas it's, you know, what it, it's just what is working well and what's not working well. Right. That's really where we're coming from. So if I'm going to be treating you or adjusting you or doing therapy on you, I start by doing my physical assessments, then I see the general tone of your body. How is it responding to touch? Then I would be, it depends on if you've seen a chiropractor, you either start in a face down position, so your spine is relaxed. I would be feeling through the back, feeling the different muscles, seeing how you're, you know, I'm sure have you seen a chiropractor that checks your leg lengths? It says, oh, this leg is short today. Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Okay. That is a nervous system response to tension. It doesn't mean physically your leg is short. However, a certain percentage of the population actually anatomically, that means their skeleton has one bone shorter than the other, which means one leg is short, but that's not that. Most people do not have that problem. It's a nervous system tension that pulls all of one side up and the other side down. So now you're wound up. Mm. So when I'm checking you, I'm looking for areas where you are showing this tension. And then I start either from the feet up or from the neck down, depending on who you are, how you respond to therapy. Right. And as we clear the different highways of your back through adjustments, either using my hands or we use it. I also use an activator technique. It's a little clicky device. Uh, same sort of adjustment, just less me, don't, me not having to move you around as much. You okay. just lie there. Yeah. Do you but, think, so as you're talking about um, these devices and stuff, because I know there are some chiropractors or um, physiotherapists, kinesiologists or whatever, that they're using all of these machines um, to do stuff. Um, 
from your perspective, is it better to use your hands in conjunction with the machines or, or does it, the hands kind of allow you to do more? I'm just, the reason that I ask that is because everybody's talking about, oh, now I go to this chiropractor and this kinesiologist and they're using this machine on me and it's great and it's the best machine ever. And I'm, you know, from my perspective, I always like hands on, right? But, but again, I don't know that, um, is it better or not? Or what do you think about that? You know what? It's preference. It's preference of the practitioner. Okay. And when a practitioner is comfortable and completely owns whatever tool, whether it's their hands or an instrument, they approach it with confidence and they express that to their patients. The patient is convinced. Like, I can convince you sliced bread is amazing and then you want to eat it. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and it's also patient preference. It's a combination of both. I personally, I am a very hands on person, but there are certain people, you know, therapy is also largely psychological. Okay. You will only feel as good as you allow yourself to feel okay. and believe that you feel. Does that make sense? Yeah. So for someone like you, because I know you are a very hands-on person, okay. most of my treatment approach on you would be with my hands. Because that's why like one of my friends said that I just like feel up. So I guess that's true. Mm-hmm. That's another story. That's another story. I just like Philo. We'll talk about that another time. He does like (laughs) Philo. But yes, to answer that is is, uh, you know, over time as a a chiropractor, you are using your body and, and you, with the volume of people that you see, if you run a success, successful practice, mm-hmm. you wear down too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like as much as you try to protect yourself and learn all the right techniques, volume is volume is volume. Right. So anything you do for a longer period of time breaks you down too. Right. So you got to find a way to also save yourself so that either that means you don't see that many people yeah. or you see them in volume or more, but start using what is called an instrument uh, adjusting approach, okay. which is where activator comes in. Is it's a clicking device? There is also another one called Arthrostim. It sounds like a little. Uh, um, I hate to say this. It's almost like a tiny, non non invasive machine gun type thing. It goes. Tick, 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 tick. I know. I just made the sound. Yes, you did. But, That's okay. But I think we got uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's actually something. It's a very gentle approach, and it allows people that just can't seem to calm down to allow them to relax. So then you can go in there, prep them with that. It makes the muscle relax, and then I can go in there and adjust you, and everybody's happy. Right. So instruments are great if used properly and used with confidence, and you explain to your patients who are using them, and then they like usually one or the other or combination of both. Okay. I like. Okay, guys. So I think from a sexual perspective, I think we get it. (laughs) How chiropractors (laughs) can help us. Um, I know I did have, you know, somebody had commented on my post saying, uh, you know, they're really interested in the sex part. So that's it. Nothing dirty about it. Okay. Anyway. Um, But yeah, no, I think that, you know, we kind of discussed a lot of things and we can go so much further, I think. Um, with the whole discussion of chiropractics, because again, it, it's there's so much that's involved in it, um, and that's just through my being, uh, you know, affiliated with you. So, um, that said, oh, can I 
I interrupt? Yes, you can. <laughs> okay, so uh, I don't know if you're going to ask me, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, everybody's like, oh my God, what is that crack sound? I don't like it. Oh, yeah, that's it's a good one. Apprehensive. Uh-huh. <laughs> I have to address it. Uh, it makes me laugh, actually. So before I knew what chiropractic was, I actually was exposed to chiropractic during my adult years. When I was ending university, mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. And mm-hmm. every sort of, I was convinced I was going to just go to medical school and that was it. Yeah. Because that's what your family says so. Yeah. And I wasn't entirely convinced that's what I wanted to do. So I came across this health professional called a chiropractor. I went to go see this person. And this person made my eyes open, you know, because uh, what I saw was a natural, hands-on, interactive approach to helping someone to feel a bit better and breathe a bit better in their own skin. And they didn't have to take a pill. They didn't have to take some sort of other substance to get there. And it was fascinating to me. And I'm a very hands-on person. So when I heard the quote-unquote cracking, I was also concerned. It's like, what is that sound? It sounds a little unnerving, you know, when you don't know what it is. And the chiropractor explained it to me, and I entirely buy it because, you know, we're skeptics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we are science people. Yeah. At least I am, and I know you are. Mm-hmm. So then I researched it, and then I also, then when I went to chiropractic school, you learned that the sound that is made when you adjust uh, a joint in your body is the sound of pressure and gas release, not gases and the one you release when you, you know, yeah. abdominal gas, but it's a gas nonetheless. It's actually a combination of carbon dioxide and another fluid, but every joint in your body has, uh, we call it uh, lubricating layers, right? Just fluid that helps it smooth, glide, all of those things. But when a joint is stressed and stuck there's a lot of pressure that forms there and that's why you feel discomfort pain and it affects things above and below it Mm -hmm. so in order to release it we do a physical movement quick low force but it's actually the speed to relieve the pressure and that's when you hear the or click or whatever sound you want to hear and the more pressure there is in that joint the generally the louder you will hear the audible pop sound Right. There's even actually for people that want to see this visually, it's very cool. There's a uh, MRI, functional MRI lifetime uh, actual video on YouTube about this where there's an adjustment that happens and someone took a video of it through the imaging software mm-hmm. and you can physically see the gas bubble between the joint just release. Mm. It's actually kind of cool. People can look that up if they really want to. Um, But at the end of the day, it's not your bones cracking because if you did that, well, nobody would be employed and nobody would be functioning. (laughs) Right. Uh, Right. So it's just dispelling this myth of lack of knowledge. Right. right? It's a very ancient, actually, form of therapy, Mm -hmm. chiropractic. And somewhere along the lines, people were misguided or just didn't know about it and got thrown by the wayside. So it's we'll call it making a comeback, but it's really been there forever. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to treat the human body from a full, holistic, well-rounded approach. And that's where we're at. Now, if you go online, you start to go see crazy videos of things. 
you know, you can't stop the world from doing crazy things. Every healthcare professional has the eccentric ones and the non-eccentric ones, and you can always take something and make it really, you know, use it for negative uh, marketing purposes or positive marketing purposes. So just, you know, try, try to educate people on, it doesn't matter what health professionals out there, whether it's chiropractors, physicians, medical doctors, whatever it is, there's always going to be great ones. And then there's going to be ones that just, you know, ruin it for everybody else. Gotcha. Uh (laughs) So, so not having a biased, stereotypical, you know, closed off approach to therapy, but opening your eyes and mind because we're so quick to jump on a roller coaster and let it take you sideways, up, down, left, right, violently. But then you come see a manual practitioner like a physio or a chiro and we move you around with care and ease and suddenly that is scary. You know, it's perspective. Right. So, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. So, so basically then, it doesn't, um, I mean, while I like to hear the cracking, um, you know, if we don't hear cracking, it's nothing to be alarmed about. No, basically. because sometimes, sometimes a joint will just not feel like it. Right. It's, it's funny to say that, but as a practitioner, you realize sometimes you may want to adjust a segment or crack an area that you guys call it cracking. But he just may decide that day, I just don't want to. Right. And usually it's because, you know, we just have your nervous system just doesn't want to let it. And that's okay. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you haven't still had a therapeutic treatment. It's just your body. you got to listen to the body. Right. That's it. And respect it. I like Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm actually surprised you didn't bring up... Uh, dancing in the segment. I was going to actually, but I thought we would save that for another because that's going to open up Pandora's box. But that actually yeah, was something that was uh, <laughs> I did want to talk about that because I recall um, I think when we had gone out last year and we bumped into one of my friends um, that I always used to see at Fats and whatever, and I, I won't call his name in case people know him. But anyways. Um, you know, we bumped into him and he literally was like, oh, Raquel, there's not going to be any, there's no whining today, no whining today. And I was like, well, why not? You remember? And he's like, oh yeah, you know, throughout my back. So it's going to be, you know, small wines, small wines. Um, And that's when, little wines, little wines, wines, he said. Um, But I know that you were, you were talking to him about his chiropractics and what's he doing about that and stuff. So I think that's a big discussion, especially, um, in lieu of all of the parties that are coming up and boat cruises and stuff like that. So we probably okay. need to talk about, like, you know, mm-hmm. dancing. Uh, well, I'm happy to do a segment on that as well, because dancing, as you know, is near and dear to my heart. Of course. I used to dance many years uh, in the Latin dance world, professionally, mm-hmm. casually taught, all of those things. And, you know, at the end of the day, yes, I have been also a victim to throwing out my back from whining and it is a thing because (laughs) (laughs) it's important to understand that you know you are using your back the muscles and a lot of times we live sedentary lives or we're sitting in our car going from our job to home to this to that your back cramps up and then you decide to go to a fet and suddenly go from zero to a hundred and you're whining you know, when we get when we get really excited to a song that we really love, and That's then right. your muscles just go into spasm, and you know your joints don't like it, and then you throw it at your back. So chiropractic helps in that sense too, because it's 
moving around, realigning all those areas that have fallen out of place or out of whack. And it's important for actually good back health to get yourself adjusted. Yeah. Uh, now, there's some people that, you know, need to be adjusted more than others or less than others. But that's why it's important to just get maintenance, get checked. Yeah. Simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll do a special, a special edition on that. Yes. It'll be yes, a state of the union. State of the union. Yes, and we'll do even a how to warm up and make sure that you are ready to go, much like you would warm up before you do a workout at the gym. Mm-hmm. Same thing with whining. I'm not kidding. I'm going to do it before I go out now. <laughs> so bizarre. Anyway, but um, we'll go over that. You'll yeah. love it. We'll talk about it. Um, okay, so we're, we're um, pretty much uh, we're at the end of our segment now, but um, before we go, Dr. Carol, why don't we talk about, uh, you know, where can we find you, not just on social media, but, um, you know, clinics that you're working at or your own clinic and, uh, you know, hours of availability. Give us all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. As of right now... Um, I'm not a huge social media person, but I am trying to get better with it. So if anybody wanted to contact me, had questions, or wanted to get an introduction to what chiropractic is about, and or, you know, needs a new chiropractor, I'm happy to help you. You can contact me either through Facebook at Dr. Carol Rigo. That's actually on there. It's, and or you can email me, drcarol R-E-G-O at gmail.com and or I mean I'm renting out a space at 88 Park Lawn Road and I see all of my private clients through there and when you are ready contact me and I'm happy to have a discussion about health and how we can help you get better. Very good. So what I'm going to do is I'll do some show notes and I'm going to add it in there so um, in case people have missed the audio component of what you've just said then they can also find it there too um to contact you and i can even uh send you a whatever social media picture of my business card you put up there make it easier for you um i think dr carol just wants to get friends anyway um (laughs) she just wants everyone to see her face so that they can go and 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 you know go and see her that's all it is um anyway just joking um but no that's good so yeah i'll definitely have that information there for everybody and um i think that's it we'll come back to you next week with some stuff and eventually actually um i want to have all of my favorite healthcare professionals on a very special podcast and that would (laughs) we'll get into that later i won't talk about who it'll be but you already know uh dr carol yeah It'll be, this is my, my healthcare team that, that takes care of me. I have, you know, dentists, nurses, chiropractors, doctors. Okay. It's great. It's great. It's my team circle. Raquel. That's right. Team Raquel. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, that's it. We'll get back at you soon and we'll get the sound all worked out as well. I know this is not the best sound, but whatever. It's going to get fixed. It's all good. You got the information, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So good, good. Thank you for having me. No problem. And say bye to the world. Okay, thanks, guys. Hopefully see you soon or hear you soon. Ciao for now. Kisses.
Hey there, Roxy D here again. One thing that I forgot to say was I didn't prep you for the next show to tell you what we're going to be discussing. So the next show is going to be about relationships, the good, the bad and the ugly. I'm going to have a male guest that's going to join me and you're not going to want to miss it because he's quite controversial, um, probably worse than I am in terms of what he has to say about everything and having a very strong opinion on stuff. So stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss that show.